Good morning, Fabcasters. This is our bar with the early morning sunrise in the summertime podcast. And check this out. I, I know how the enemy wants to attack a young man before and after he gets married. It's like before a young man gets married, the enemy is going to try to get him to sleep with his girlfriend. Like, sin sexually. Uh, premarital sex. Or, if, if he can't get him to to cross the line, he'll get him to walk on the line. Alright? And, and, and to just to create a lot of confusion there. And then for for the young man to, ju- to justify in his mind <clears throat> being able to obey what his mom and dad or his youth pastor or his pastor says of like, well, we're not we're not doing anything wrong here, right? And to walk that line and just to live in that kind of deception. And that's how that's how young men are attacked um, by the enemy. And then guys who are engaged, uh, the sexual temptation just skyrockets. So let me just be frank here. Um, there's got to be accountability in this area for for young men. I mean, I mean, any men, men in general. And I don't know why, but I, I visited uh, several churches and just talking to different people. So it's summertime. It's the it's it's wedding season. It's um, it's engagement season, and I'll be talking with a couple. And then it'll dawn on me some point in the conversation that they're living together. Like, like this happened not too recently. Not not at the church that we fellowship right now, but one that I don't need to name and it doesn't matter. But I'm talking to this couple. They're talking about being in love and yeah, we, our wedding date is this day and it's, our, it's like a year away, right? That That's, lo- that's long. And, um, and then I'm... They're talking about, yeah, we're going to go home today and just rest and relax. And I'm like, home? Wait, who, who's not doing their job here? And so God tells me, Ryan, your job's not to be the Holy Spirit and, and to go point out everybody's faults. And, and it wasn't for me to say anything here. Um, and the only thing I gave was um, a little encouragement. Look, are you sure that he's that she's the one? Are, are you sure that she's the one and I looked at that I mean they didn't hesitate they were pretty sure about it and I said and I whispered why don't you get married why not be married you know and then in my mind I was thinking if you're going to act married why don't you be married don't, don't live in sin premarital sex is a sin for a boy to touch a girl in any way sexually is sin hands in the shirt sin hands down the pants sin and I have to be explicit pardon me for being explicit because I grew up in an era where in youth group youth pastor or parents would say you better you better preserve yourself and you better abstain from sex and you better bring your virginity to the altar okay so guess what all the youth was doing okay and by youth, meaning me, I was like, well, I'm not, I'm technically I'm not having, you know, I'm not, I'm not sinning here. I'm not, I'm not having sex. 
right? Wrong. So parents have to be explicit with their children on, on, on what they're talking about. We can't just say, uh, don't have sex. We must explain what, where something becomes sinful. And then, and then by the way, when lines are crossed, explaining to our children, explaining to our youth, not even youth and children, this goes for everybody, right? You can be an adult and be in the same shoe as, as Johnny Schmuckatelli, 14 years old, um, hormones raging and crossing lines all the time, okay? Um, there's something worse in the event of premarital sex and it's the shame and the guilt that that people feel after the event happens. So then they go intro, then they go emotional isolation, and especially for youth group, and especially for church people, this is this is extra difficult because there's something about a church building that just fosters more and more shame and guilt than any other place I've ever seen. So we have to have a we have to create a, a place where it's safe. It's safe to say, you know what, man? Dude, I, I don't know what happened, man. I, I let myself slip. We were watching a movie in, in my place. A surprise. And next thing you know, um, we're, we, are, we are making sexual contact. It's sinful. It, it, this is evil and offensive in God's sight. And uh, I just want to expose this. And then for somebody in the church to meet that with grace and mercy and say, dude, I'm so glad you shared that. Look at you, man. You're free. Now let's talk about a way to be above reproach. Let's talk about never being alone together in the dark. Let's, let's talk about um, when you go on dates. Let's, let's go on group dates. Let's, let's talk about being accountable. There's no need to be alone. You're 16, you're 17. There's no need to be alone with each other. That's setting yourself up for failure. That's like, that's like playing with, playing with matches while there's, you know, your clothes are saturated with gasoline. Like you just don't want to do it. There's, there's almost nothing good that could happen from being alone, watching a movie, being in the dark. Um, and I was in seminary and I was dating. And so when I applied, when I applied for this one endorsing agency, um, this older guy, his, his name was Alan. And he says, oh, welcome. And I'm so glad you're, you're applying to be a part of this endorsing agency. It's basically a, de- a denomination and, and not an ordination, but an endorsing agency. And, you know, I'm 25 years old. I'm in seminary. I'm dating my best friend. There's plans to get married. Um, even though I only knew her for a few months, my wife. He says, Ryan, how, is you, how are you in the, ex, in the area of sexual purity? And I got nervous. And so here comes doctrine. Doctrine comes out. I was like, oh, well, 1 John 1, 9, say, you know, uh, thank, thank God. I'm so thankful for 1 John 1, 9 because I've confessed my sins. And so, like, right now I'm good. It was, that's so embarrassing to look back and think, what was I afraid of? That, that Alan was going to know how much I needed a savior? 
why didn't I just confess? <laughs> why didn't I just confess and say, man, I'm struggling in this area. I, man, I, I got engaged and, and the sexual temptation skyrocketed because I believe, well, I'm getting married anyways. And so I wasn't accountable. I wasn't by choice, even though God provided several opportunities for me to come clean. So, so, okay, so we're going to leave the singles alone for right now. How does the enemy attack a man or a woman post-marriage? So it still has to do with sex, but it has to do with the withdrawal or, or, the, or the misuse of it or the, man, I'm just so tired. I don't got time for this. Or it could be like, you disgust me. You, you, you did what? You didn't pay the bills. You, uh, you can't get a job. You can't get off the video games. No sex for you, right? And so it's like, wait a minute. How the enemy attacked young people. Not, why do I keep saying young? Attacked people before marriage was, want to get them to have sex. Want to get them to do, uh, have them to have sexual contact. Get them to sin. Overt sin. Shoot, man, they got married. Ah, I will tell them to not have sexual contact, to not have intimacy, to not have sex, which is a direct violation of 1 Corinthians 7, which says Paul's his admonition to the Corinthians was when you abstain from sex in marriage, it's only for a short while, lest the devil come in and and now he's in. But there ought there ought to be frequent in marriage, frequent sexual healthy contact, because it's a way, it's a means by which God will fulfill that satisfaction through the spouse that He's given. I mean, God can only fulfill sexual gratification um, to a spouse through a spouse. There's no, there's no other. Like if God's gonna fulfill that, that, that um, I almost said need, but sex is not a need. Um, if God's gonna fulfill that want to my spouse, well, He's only gonna do it through me. He would never do it through another man. That'd be sinful, evil, and offensive in God's sight, and vice versa for me. If God's gonna uh, gratify me uh, sexually, it's only gonna be through my spouse. It would never be through another woman. It would never be by looking at something on the internet. It would never be by anything other than through my wife. But first and foremost, my wife would have to um, get out of her way and and be like, I'm 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 um, I'm going to enter in and and allow God to love my husband through me. And for, for me, it would be, I would have to repent of the mindset of, oh man, I've just had a, such a long day. I'm tired, I just want to go to bed. No, it would be, no, this, I'm going to pursue, I'm going to pursue intimacy because it's a means by which God can express his love to my wife through me. But let's get real here, uh, married folks. How often is there intimacy and falling towards your spouse, you know, having been in 
five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. Well, if you're honest, you probably fall into the regular statistic, which says only a couple times a week and for only a few minutes during those couple times. Well, what's going on there? Well, what if we step back and realize that the enemy hates marriage, he hates our marriage, and he would do anything to attack it? Okay? Let's go way better than that. God loves marriage. He loves the divine institution of marriage. And he so desperately wants to express his love through you to, to your spouse. But it would be, it would have to include you submitting and saying, Lord, I, I, I don't feel like this right now. And I'm trying to muster up these feelings. But guess what? You can't. But maybe what if our prayer was, Lord, give me your eyes for my spouse. Make me a servant. And may, may this act be an act of service. May it be an unselfish act of service. And uh, I, I got friends that they, this is, they pray before. Like they look into each other's eyes and they pray and they confess sin. And I'm telling you that the, the, the greatest intimacy that I've ever, I've ever experienced was post exposing some, some embarrassing sin. And then that being met with love and grace and mercy and saying like, you think I, you think that changes the way I think about you? I love you. Thank you so much for choosing freedom. And it was like, there's this mingling of souls that happens post confession, but living in fear, living in the dark. Oh my goodness. That just destroys, that destroys marriage. And, and I do pray, maybe this is an imprecatory prayer, but I just pray that everybody who has secrets in their marriage would just be completely miserable. Like, like the more you shove God out of your marriage, would you just be completely miserable and depressed and down and out and to the point where you were brought to your knees and you say, Lord, I, okay, you have my attention now. Who do I got to tell this to? Oh, my spouse. Okay, Lord, I, I, I can't, but you can. I'm fearful right now, but you're not fearful. So, Lord, make me brave. Give me courage. Give me faith. What I want to share is not easy. I'm believing lies. I'm making agreements with the enemy that, that I have something to be shameful of. No, you're, you are pure, my friend. You are spotless, my friend. You are blameless. You have no secrets because God knows everything. And because God knows everything, nobody else's opinion matters. So right now, right here, today, be free. And go up to your spouse and say, there's something I've never told you. Something I've never told you. And God has spoken through some nobody who knows somebody who on the internet. He told me to be free. And so that's what I'm doing. This is not coming from me. This is coming from God. He's giving me courage because I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do this right now. Here's what I've done. So I just, yeah, so now stepping back, like, okay, young guys, old guys, all singles, the enemy's going to try to get you to slip up or to walk the line. Get exposed, jump into community and, and jump into a community that's safe enough where you can say, hey, um, so I'm engaged right now. And I'm struggling. 
Or you can say, hey, man, we've only been dating for a month and this is a struggle. Sexual purity is a struggle. Would you help me by by just randomly asking me questions about how I'm doing and, and keeping me accountable? Would you do that? Like unsolicited, intrusive, get in my face. I, I would so love that. And for the married folk, get in get into community as well. And just expose, like, man, I've been really lazy in this area of service. And I don't want to be lazy anymore. I want I wanna I wanna have eyes for my wife. And like every man's battle, that that book says you can learn to be reattracted to your spouse. It's a learned, it's a learned perspective. It grows. And let's just give up. Let's just totally give up that old self. Who That's not who we are anyways. And what if God is just asking us to give up something that we are not anyways? <laughs> like that old man, that flesh that says, I, I hate you spouse or I'm not attracted to you and that's why I don't sleep with you because I'm not... That, that's somebody that's, that's not even you. And God's asking you to put that away because that's not you in the first place. God's asking us to put to death something that's that's not even alive. But we make it come alive. But let's just put it to death. Anyways, before marriage, after marriage, enemy, you've been exposed. God, thank you for your truth. Thank you that we can live in freedom. Thank you we don't have to do any battle alone. Thank you. You're awesome, God. Yay, God. This is great. All right. Love you guys. Go. Go. Love. Peace.